time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. Trivia and competitions and all sorts of things from the 90s that we've been working super, super hard on. And so uh, you guys, you want, you want to be here uh, next week for our 90s party. I want to review just for a few minutes here. I want to review a couple of things that we talked about last week. Matthew chapter 7, if you have that, just look up at the screen real quick. You don't have to turn there. But last week, we started off this series, and I said, this is going to kind of be our flagship scripture for this series. Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 13. It says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. So last week we talked about this idea of physical guardrails. Physical guardrails are put on the road in order to protect you from harm, in order to protect you from danger. We talked about the irony that guardrails are in safe places. So it's not that the location of the guardrail is dangerous It's what's behind the guardrail that can literally kill you. And so then we talked about this idea, and we came up with our own definition. If you remember, last week just started on the screen. A guardrail, for our purposes, is a standard of behavior. Your personal standards, your personal convictions, a personal thing inside of you that says, this is how I'm going to live my life. So the big idea is that I'm trying to convince you unashamedly. I want you to believe that in your life, you need guardrails. That while the world says that life without limits is the way to go, I need you to hear heaven shouting at you tonight that life without limits or guardrails will lead to destruction. Life with limits, life with guardrails will lead you to the incredible destiny that God has on and for your life. So, and so just in case you don't believe me or just in case you did not know, do you realize that God has a marked out plan for your life? Just like there's a very real road here. So you didn't just, you weren't an accident. It's not like God was aloof. Like, oh, wow, you were born. He had everything to do with you since before you were born according to Jeremiah there is a planned out marked out path that you are supposed to be walking in at 13 at 17 at 21 there is a marked out path for the rest of your life and it is the best path possible it's the best case scenario for your life and just in case you don't believe me tonight it's not all hype psalm chapter 73 verse 24 says you guide me with your counsel leading me to a glorious destiny. And so some of you say, that's not what my life looks like. There is nothing glorious about my life. Well, I'm telling you, a life in Christ, a life that is submitted to him, a life that says, I'm going to walk on the narrow path. I'm going to, I'm going to walk out on the path that God has specially planned and marked out for me. That's the path that will get you to the glorious destiny that God has for your life. There is destiny on your life. 
See, some of you, whenever you hear that, you think, oh, no, that's like for the person in front of me. No, there is destiny on your life. There is a specially assigned, marked out purpose in the heart of God. Special assignments that God has created you to do. Special plans that he has marked out and created for you to fulfill in the earth. And so, so for some of us, we would say, you know, uh, you know it, it just seems too good to be true. See, some of you tonight would feel as though perhaps you have gone too far that surely God cannot and will not, it is not interested in using me and speaking to me, nor is he interested in speaking through me. But I want to tell you tonight that the devil is a liar and that God's truth will prevail in your life. Do you understand that tonight? The psalmist said it this way in Psalm 139, if I ascend to the heavens, God, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, God, even there, you will find me because God is so committed to you, DSM. Tonight, I want us to look at a passage of scripture. We'll really lean into one verse in this passage, but if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Proverbs chapter 13 and starting at verse 18. Proverbs 13 and then starting at verse 18. It's on the screens for you as well. It says, if you ignore criticism, you will end in poverty and disgrace. If you accept correction, you will be honored. It's pleasant to see dreams come true. But fools refuse to turn from evil to attain them. Verse 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get into trouble. 21 says, trouble chases sinners while blessings reward the righteous. I want to preach you tonight from a message I've just simply titled, Detours. Everybody say, Detours. Lord, we come to you tonight excited about what you are going to speak to us as your people because we know that you love us so very much. So I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would just speak to us, reveal Jesus to our hearts, transform us, convict us where we're wrong, empower us where we are weak, and bring us to the path of life where we have strayed. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right. So, so many, many of your parents, many of your parents at one point or another has probably said to you again at one point or another, hey, I don't think it's a great idea for you to hang out with and then like you fill in the blank. How many of your parents have ever said that to you? Or I really don't think it's a good idea for you to go Fill in a blank. Come on, let me see. Just show of hands. Yeah, this, yeah, about 98.99% of the room. See, we've all been there. And see, in our foolishness, we have disagreed. In our foolishness, we have all disagreed at one point or another because we were too lacking in our wisdom to understand that our parents are guardrail. One of the many guardrails that the Lord has placed in our lives. See, see, parents understand this very true concept. And I've shared it with you before so many times. If you've been around DSM at any amount of time, show me your friends. And I'll show you your future. 
See, your relationships heavily impact your direction, which in turn determines your destination. So relationships impact my direction and my direction determines my destination, where I will end up. We've been talking about this even in in junior high on Sunday mornings. See, I can have all the desire in the world. But if my heart is not set, directed on Jesus Christ, I will end up in a very different place than I have desired. Because desire alone can still take you down a pathway of destruction. It takes intentional effort, direction, setting your aim, setting your affections, setting your attentions on Jesus Christ. Saying, I am going to be everything that you have called me to be. So help me, God. See, the direction determines the destination, the direction. So I can desire to end up over there at that exit sign. But if my direction is here, and even if I'm kind of looking there, I will end up in a very different destination. And spiritually, I think many of us do the same. We like the idea of following Jesus. We like the concept of heaven. We like the idea and the concept of doing great things for the kingdom of God. So our desire is rich. We're not lacking in desire, but our direction is set on pleasing people. So our destination that we keep arriving at week after week after week is this endless, boundless cycle of pleasing other people. And it leaves us empty and it leaves us void and it leaves us lacking the joy of God that he has literally died to give us your direction. So relationships determine your direction. Relationships determine your direction. Relationships determine your direction. I heard someone once say life travels at the speed of relationships or your pathways are determined by your partnerships. Your friends, those in your inner circle, those who are closest to you. So your parents understand this right well. So look, look, what makes friendships so great is the very same thing that makes friendships so dangerous. See, when I'm with my friends, I can let down my guard or my guard rails. See, it's when I'm with, and that's the beautiful thing about friendships, because we're close, and so we don't have to really think about all of it. So when I'm with my friends, I let down very naturally my guard. See, we are repelled by rejection, and we're attracted by acceptance. It's what makes friendships great. It's what makes relationships great. It's what makes dating relationships great. It's also what makes dating and friendships dangerous. And disastrous. That's why we need guardrails. See, most of us will shut down around rejection, but we open up around acceptance. And so whenever we open up, we're susceptible to to influence. We let down our guard rails. See, some of the dumbest decisions, I think if we're honest, some of the dumbest decisions we've ever made was in the presence of friends. Can anybody amen to that? Some of the, some of the wise, and yeah, some of you, yeah. So some of the wisest and most incredible decisions that we've made have been with 
friends. Why? Because we open up to those we are attracted to on a friendship or an intimate level. And we are susceptible to influence. There was, um, back in high school, probably my sophomore year or so, we had a dance call. A, a lot of, um, many of you are familiar with the Sadie Hawkins Day dance. The Sadie Hawkins dance, am I khaki pants? It's an old song. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Okay. Girls, ask the guys. It's always a surprise. There's nothing, baby, baby. Do you like? Yeah, that's so funny. Speaking of 90s. Okay, so anyways, so anyways, you guys. So there's, there's, so the Sadie Hawkins, they dance where girls ask the guys and it's like super casual. We have it back at school. I don't know if they do it here or not. I don't know. Colorado dances. I'm just so disconnected. So anyways, so anyways, we had another dance at my high school and it's called twerp and T-W-I, not twerk. Uh-uh, put your hands down. <laughs> twerp, this free day. Mm-mm. What? <laughs> Ooh, Lord, that's a message and a half. Help me, Jesus. So, so, okay, so anyways, so twerp, T-W-I-R-P, and it, it was an acronym for the woman is responsible for paying. And so it was, it was a formal, yeah, and all the guys said amen. It wasn't my idea, I just went, what is this? <laughs> so much for chivalry. <laughs> so anyway, so it was this dance. And so, so the girls would ask the guys, but it was a formal kind of Sadie Hawkins Day dance. And so, so the girl asked me, it was a different friendship group than my, than my, did we run out of chairs here? Y'all need, you want a chair, baby? You could? Okay. All right. So, uh, I just want you to be comfortable. Okay, great. So, so it, so at my, the twerp dance, so it's a formal kind of Sadie Hawkins Day dance. And so the, the girl who asked me, I didn't know, like, she was definitely not in my inner circle, but I was like, okay, great. Like, I'll, I'll go, whatever. Now, mistake number one. So we go, and so we're riding in the car with another, with, uh, with like several other couples. We're in like a, tie, a Tahoe or a Suburban, something like that. So multiple couples. And so after the dance, I, I remember this so vividly. We stopped by a gas station, and somebody purchased something. I didn't even know what it was. I, didn't, I stayed in the car. But they kind of came like running out of the convenience store. And I'm like, hmm, why are they running? I guess they're just anxious to get to our next destination. Child, they had stole a bottle of alcohol or something. And like, because we were too young to pay, stole the bottle, ran in the car. And I was completely, I was was sitting in the backseat. I'm like, hmm. And so we like, (laughs) so we like sped off. Okay. And so I'm just, I'm just saying like, okay, thank God, by the grace of God, come on, somebody. They're like, nothing happened. Like, they didn't get caught on camera. I just, in that moment, after they told me what they did, I'm like, oh my God, we're going to jail. We're going, <laughs> look, I, look, my mama does not play, okay? <laughs> you, it, mm-mm, you, some of y'all mamas, my mama need to, yeah. And so, so my, mm-mm, so, ooh, I was just thinking, oh God, I'm not like, this is the end of my life. And I, I'm not playing. If you knew my mama. Mm. So, so anyways, I'm just thinking about this. By the grace of God, we didn't get, but I'm just saying my guard rails were let down. I'm sitting in the back of the car. I'm trusting these people. Like, all right, would you now had the cop? We would, they would have hauled all of us to jail. I mean, can you imagine underage drinking in Louisiana? At that time, I mean, it was insane. But my guard rails were lowered because they accepted me because I was in their friendship group. It was a different friendship group. It was still a, a cool group. And, and so there was, so I'm just saying 
acceptance leads to, to openness. And, and, and their decisions could have literally destroyed my life that night. And I think for some of us, we've been in the same place or we continue to place ourselves in these same situations, circumstances, environments. Now back to Proverbs chapter 13. It says, verse 20, specifically, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. See, walk with the wise and become wise. That's a promise. Walk with fools or associate with fools and get into trouble. That's a warning. We need the promise and we need to also accept the warning. Bam, the guardrails in our relationships, in our friendships. And so the interesting point is this, you guys. The Bible doesn't say walk with, or Solomon, the wisest man to ever live. He doesn't say walk with the wise and become wise and then, and, and then walk with fools and become foolish he actually says, walk with fools and get into trouble. But three, uh, other translations would actually say, associate with fools and suffer harm or be destroyed. It's New King James, New NASB. And so the idea is not just like trouble, trouble. It's not just like, it's not just, oh, like a smack on the hand. It's associate with fools and it will cause you unnecessary pain in your life. Now, I don't know about you. I ain't looking for extra pain in my life. Come on, somebody. Nobody's running around saying, God, send me pain. Pain is where the action is. Nobody, nobody, nobody wants that. See, life is filled with enough pain. Shouldn't we be wise enough to avoid unnecessary pain? Shouldn't we be wise enough? But some of us are so, so, so foolish. Because here's the deal. We all understand that. Hey, girls, I need you to wrap up your conversation there on the second row. Thank you. The, the big idea here, speaking of wisdom, it would be wise for you to listen into this. This is going to save some of your lives, literally, tonight. I felt such a burden as I was praying for this message tonight. I felt such a burden. And it'll kind of make sense as we kind of get into the rest of this message. But... We would say, um, well, you know, I'll, I'll be like them. You know, Pastor Brandon, this is so extreme. Because, I mean, I'm surrounded by, like, people who, don't, who aren't followers of Jesus, who don't care about their lives, who don't care about their reputation, but they care about mine. Let me give you this newsflash. If somebody isn't interested in taking care of their own lives and taking care of their own reputation and making sure that they have character integrity, they will care very little about yours. They're incapable of actually caring about yours. They can be nice, they can be sweet, they can be cute, whatever. But, but, and so, and so for those of you who say, no, 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 wait, 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 Pastor Brandon, hold on. The, um, I, I mean, I hang around just lots of foolish people and I'm not, I'm not becoming like, you know, foolish. I'm not going to believe what they believe. I mean, are you kidding me? I'm not real, I'm not adopting like their outlook on life. I'm just trying to, but, but see, what you don't understand is, is whenever a bomb goes off in the natural, 
We're not saying, well, I didn't throw the bomb or I wasn't. No, because there's something called shrapnel. Okay. And so that means whether you, even though you weren't right next to the person when the bomb went off, the pieces of shrapnel can literally tear off limbs and pluck out your eye. And nobody in the natural will say, well, I don't need my eye. Well, I don't need my arm. Like, let me just walk around. I don't need my legs. No, but spiritually, this is what happens to us because we have to understand that the consequences of the foolish, according to Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, he says, walk and associate with fools and you will go through unnecessary pain in your life. See, here's the big idea. So many of us want to live just any kind of way and live haphazardly and think that there are no consequences and, and, and out of the sake of just compassion, but it's actually ignorant and foolish compassion because whenever your friend goes over the guardrail, you're, the best place for you to be is on this side so that you can help them up, not in the middle of the disaster. Do you understand that? You can't help nobody with two broken arms yourself trying to pull people. Well, how are we, we you ain't going to go nowhere. And so the big idea is that we live as those with wisdom. Because we want to be at maximum effectiveness for the kingdom of God. We want to do great things. We want to do mighty exploits in Jesus' name. But you'll never do it as long as you're walking in foolishness and not seeking out the wisdom of God and not establishing healthy guardrails in your life whenever it comes to the area of your friendships, in, of the area of your influence. And this isn't just like, oh, what a cute little teenager message. No, no, no. This is a universal, ageless principle. No matter how old you are, no matter how, how big you become, no matter how, how mature you in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, adults will tell you this, grandparents will tell you this, those who I have associated with, those who I've gotten connected to, those who I've given lots of influence to in my life, you are where you are today because of the decisions that you made last week and yesterday. You'll be tomorrow and next week and next month based on the decisions that you make today, right now, in this season. Why? Because your direction determines your destination. Don't tell me about your desire. I've heard enough about you. Everybody's heard enough about it. I don't want to hear anything about what I desire. I don't care about your desire. What's your direction? See, because lots of people can have desire. Demons can have desire. What's your direction? And your direction is signified by the choices that you are making. More than anything, how you're spending your time. Your most valuable resource. Your, your most valuable commodity. When we look at how you're spending your time, you want to know, well, I don't know what my direction is. Well, let evaluate. Well, how are you spending your time? And who or what is the most important thing in your life right now? That's the direction. Now think about the destination where that's going to take you. It's heavy tonight. It's a big, it's a big idea and it's a big deal because I care about your destination, because God cares about your destination. And so I just want to suggest like a, like a few guardrails. Here, here we go. Like number one, first, this is a suggestion. Whenever, whenever you're feeling uncomfortable, if your leaders, your mentors, your parents, people that you respect greatly, if you feel uncomfortable about them being aware of you spending time with someone, like feeling like you need to hide, that's a guardrail. That's a guardrail. 
And so, so, so the guardrail says, okay, I, um, I know this person probably isn't good to kind of be in my life. And, and you have that feeling. You're just... And, and so what happens is you, whenever you start kind of scraping the side, you need to, okay, let, let's course correct. Like, let's, let's really seek Jesus about this. Let's really seek out some wise counsel about this. Because, and it's not about being judgmental. It's not about, well, they're all, you know, no, 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 no. It's about living your life in such a way. See, you cannot change the world if you're going to be just like the world. Amen. You cannot change your school being like everybody else at your school. You're delusional. It'll never happen. You're a fool. But wisdom would say, let's walk away from foolishness. And let's be the wise men and women that God has called us to be. So number one, guardrail. If you feel kind of uncomfortable, if, if, if the people I really respected kind of knew that I was spending lots of time with this person, I'd be a little bit embarrassed. That's a guardrail. That's a check from the Holy Spirit. Don't ignore it. Don't just drive over it because we talked about this last week. There are bad things on the other side of the guardrail. And that's not just some metaphorical thing to try to keep you in fear. No, no, no. There's a very real destruction on the other side of the guardrails. Number two, whenever you're invited somewhere and you have to, you internally say to yourself, I'll go, but but I I won't participate. How foolish can we be? And, and, and we can have noble causes, but the word of God, see, and don't, don't tell me about your experience. Don't, don't, I, let's just look at the word of God because you do that long enough and that guardrail will very quickly diminish and you will end up on the other side. I'll go, but I won't, and, you know, and you're, and, and so what you're doing is like, you're, you're taught, you're, you're trying to justify with the Holy Spirit in you as he grieves. And then what you, what you say without knowing it is, I think I'm a little bit smarter than you, Holy Spirit. I got this because I got it all planned out and it worked for so-and-so. So surely it'll work for me. And destruction awaits and unnecessary pain awaits. Okay, number two. I mean, number three. It's so hard. This is like really rough tonight, eh? Number three, whenever you feel a pressure to compromise, that's a guardrail. See, that's like flashing lights whenever you're like driving on the road. And it's like, warning, warning, danger, danger, hello, and yellow flashing. And and whenever you continue, it's just like saying, oh, that's not for me. That's like for inexperienced drivers. I've been driving for years. Come on, I, I have a deep relationship with God. So surely these rules don't apply to me. I'm God's favorite one. I'm anointed. <laughs> And and what you don't realize is the biggest bullseye from hell is actually targeted towards those who carry lots of influence. And so in our arrogance, we say, we can figure this thing out. I wish you could see some of your faces. You're just so amazing. But, But the big idea is that we have to come to a place where we actually practically live out a life that says, I don't know it all. I'm not as smart as I thought that I was. And I'm maybe not as wise as the Holy Spirit of the living God 
maybe. And so I will submit myself to your wisdom and your counsel, and I'll actually follow what the word of God says that I'm supposed to do. See, it's a narrow path. And I'm speaking this way, and I'm speaking very strongly, because I'm competing with a very strong voice in your culture that says, no, it's no, that's antiquated. That's not really necessary. I mean, is all of that really necessary? Is all of that, well, you, you see, but you, you live long enough and you talk to enough teenagers and you fast forward about seven years or eight years, which I can because I've, I've been in ministry that long. You fa- and then you talk to the ones who lived who, with, with, with no limits, with no guards, and there was noble intention, and there was deep desire, and there was authentic passion. But 10 years later, not following the Lord, wanting nothing to do with him. Why? Because they had crossed over so many guardrails and gotten into major unnecessary pain that then resulted in a heart that says, God, I, I don't even, I'm not, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not in this thing anymore. So I'm competing with a culture, with a spirit in this culture. That says, just live haphazardly, just live, just do what you want. And even in the name of Christ, just go out and just go and just be, and the Holy Spirit will back you up whenever the Holy Spirit will not back up anything. He will never violate the word of God. He will never come against what he has spoken in the word of God. That's not popular. I know. Because we're spirit led. (laughs) But the Holy Spirit will never violate the word of God. Never ever, ever. But our issue is we don't have enough of the word in us. So any voice that we hear, we say must be God. (laughs) I hear from God. God told me. That was a lying, seducing spirit that told you that wants to destroy you. And because you're too arrogant to ask for wise counsel in destruction, you go. I know it's heavy tonight. I'm sorry. I don't don't know. It's just, it's I feel like this pastoral kind of weight and burden for so many of you, because here's the deal. As we talk about, as we talk about the path of life, as we talk about walking down a narrow path, what we've got to understand is that, is that the path of least resistance, it can sometimes, that's not necessarily the path that God has called you to walk on. And for some of us, that's a shocker. It's like, oh, well, I thought like, huh? Like I thought it was going to just be incredible and amazing. And, 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 and it is, but it, it also may be difficult and a little bit hard. And, and it may, and, and it's like we talked about last week. Others may, but you, but you cannot. Why? Because there is, you have destiny on your life and there is a purpose. And, and you've got to understand that there's a bullseye from hell. You have been specially targeted. Why? Because you are a Christ follower. You are naming the name of Jesus Christ. So all of hell hates you. The devil knows you by name and he wants to destroy you he wants to strip you of everything good in your life and so it's not a cause to walk in fear it's a clarion call to walk in wisdom and realize you can't just live haphazardly and expect any old consequences to come your way you've got to live in light of the reality that my choices have consequences and these consequences could literally destroy my life we live as those who are wise We live differently. We make decisions differently because we make it in light of God's word. I'm just saying it is time for some of us to grow up. 
How many messages do you need? How many encounters with Jesus do you need to get on the narrow path of life? How many more? How many more times do you have to hear God loves you? God's for you. You can trust God. He wants to be there for you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He is better than boyfriends. He is better than girlfriends. He is better than your favorite movie or your favorite meal. He is God eternal and he wants intimate relationship with you. With you. No matter your age, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been. See, for some of us, you're thinking, again, I've just gone too far. I am, I am surrounded by the worst of friendships, and I, can, I, just, I can't get out of them. You don't know. I'm, some of my, co- my family is not serving God. How do I, how do I set up guardrails around my mom and dad? Some of you, that's your story. You are the one that's standing in your household. Some of your siblings are crazy, not following Jesus. And you're like, how do I set up a guardrail? I live with these people. Some of you have, feel like you've gone too far. And let's be really, really clear. Relationships, dating relationships, all friends, every, every single relationship that you have needs guardrails. But some of you feel like you've gone, you've crossed over so many guardrails. Boom, 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 boom. And you're so far off the side of the road. Or you have detoured. Anybody ever been in a detour before? See, it's it's great whenever it's been a few minutes. But after a couple hours on a detour, and you don't know where you are, and Siri don't know where you are, and Google Maps can't help you out, and you, you can't pinpoint North Star or defend. You, it, 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 ain't nothing fun about that. Gas is being wasted. Time is being wasted. You're frustrated. You're angry. Why? Because you're just kind of going and you don't even know. You have a destination in your head, but you have detoured. And some of us spiritually, at least so strongly, are on a pathway where you have detoured for months and months or for some of us years and years. And the Lord is saying, hey, come back to the narrow Way, I am calling you off of that detour. I am calling you out of that friendship. I am calling you out of that addiction. Some of us, our own addictions have led us down a pathway of detour. And we feel so wrapped up and it's so tight and we're so far. See, the road is over there, but we've drifted so far and we've gone and nobody can find. And we don't even know. We're in a closet somewhere. We're God, God, we can't even see right now. Why? Because we don't, we don't even know where we are anymore. And some of us, that's where we are spiritually. And that's how you felt. And so whenever you get to that place, it's like, well, is there any hope for me? And I'm here to tell you there is hope for you tonight. Come off of the detours. Get out of the detours and get back on the narrow path. And so to illustrate this, to illustrate this point tonight, this idea of detours, of of, of relationships, of, of addictions, whatever it is, where you've just sped over guardrail after guardrail after guardrail. I wanted to illustrate this point to you tonight. We have this video clip, and some of you will know this song, and I'll kind of go over the lyrics too, but just kind of watch it and just be really mature tonight. Listen to the lyrics and, listen, and watch just the metaphorical depiction of someone who is literally stuck in the place of detour, trying to get back to the path, the narrow path of life. 
you guys. Something always brings me back to you. It never takes too long. Set me free. Leave me be. I don't want to fall another moment into your gravity. Here I am. I stand so tall, just the way I'm supposed to be. But you're on to me. You're all over me. I live here on my knees as I try to make you see that you're everything I think I need here on the ground. But you're neither friend nor foe, though I can't seem to let you go. The one thing... I still know is that you're keeping me down. I'm going to take that. You keep me in the land of detour. Whenever there's this voice that is calling me higher, that is calling me closer. You should feel, you should hear the voice of your father calling you if you're in the land of of detour and it doesn't matter how long and again listen it doesn't matter what got you there it can be addictions that you open up to in your life where there is pornography or the addiction of uh, of the opinion of man or the addiction of some other secret unhealthy unwholesome problem that you or, or the addiction of whatever it is an unhealthy friendship an unhealthy dating relationship those things will keep you in the land of detour and let me just tell you the end of a of a detour you stay there long enough there's nothing fun about it but here's the good thing about detours come on somebody you can make your way back all you gotta do is just trace your steps back to the road and the holy spirit tonight would say i want you take some of you and i want you those of you who've been in detour for what i'm just calling you back and so if you just follow me i've got major flags up i've got signs up i've got i'm saying hey here's the way here's the way that leads to eternal life here's the way that leads to your destiny here's the way back to the narrow road this is the safe place this is the place of blessing this is the place of god's favor this is the place where god can use you and and, and anoint you and speak through you and heal you and fix you and make you whole again. You'll never be made whole in the land of detour. But there's only destruction there. Because what lies on the other side of the guardrails is a very real enemy who does not play fair. He doesn't play fair. He doesn't care who your parents are. He doesn't care how long he's come to church. He doesn't care whether you're homeschooled, public school, charter school, or private school. He does not care. It's irrelevant to him. He just hates you and wants to destroy you. And on the other side of the guardrails, that's not where the hand of God is protected. It's, it's, in, it's in the place where his will is the safest place in the whole wide world. It's in the will of God. It could be behind enemy lines, but if you're in the will of God, there's divine protection. There's divine safety. Every head bow, every eye closed tonight. We don't have a lot of time. The Holy Spirit speaking to you. You know it. If you hear him, feel him calling you back. If you feel like, gosh, I am the land of of, of just a detour tonight. I've just, I've been in, I've detoured for far too long. And I've bumped up against guardrails repeatedly. And it's got me off the path tonight. I want you to raise up both of your hands as a sign of responding to the Holy Spirit. Respond to Him tonight. 
stand to your feet if your hands are lifted tonight. I just sense so strongly that the Lord is really wanting to bring some people to the narrow path. And so even as a sign, I want you to step out of your seat where you are. And it's just this thing of saying, I'm coming. I'm just, I'm coming your way, Jesus. And we're going to, and we're going to sing this as a, as a prophetic declaration to the Lord. So step out of where you are and just come to this altar tonight. Just saying, you know what? I'm coming out of detour and I'm coming back to the narrow path. Come on, just quickly move. We don't have a lot of time tonight. And as you come, just lift up your hands to the Lord. Just feel this altar to the left, the right, all in the front. And I want our leaders to just spread out and just begin praying for students tonight. Come on, move very, very quickly. Everybody who's responding, come all the way up. There's plenty of space here on the sides. Come on, spread out. Leaders, help them spread out all the way to the sides. And we're going to see to the prayer. Say, Lord, I am coming. I'm coming back to you, Jesus. With your hands lifted, just pray this prayer. Just say, Jesus, I have lived on a detour. For far too long. Come on, let all of hell hear you pray this tonight. I have lived in detour for far too long. And tonight, I return to the narrow path. Come on, tonight, I make my way to the narrow path. In Jesus' name, I receive forgiveness tonight. I confess. Come on, say, I confess. I have not gone too far. I have not done too much. My father still loves me. And my father still wants me. Tonight, in Jesus' name, I return to the narrow path. In Jesus' name. Now, leaders, let's just pray over them as we sing this chorus as a prayer together. Tell me your way.
over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. They've got a vision and a mission for their life.